it was funny because, of course, I asked all them, like, did you talk about politics? Did you talk about international affairs? And Ashley was like, everybody was saying, like, we know Americans are nice no matter what's going on. We all want to move to America. And Benoit was like, yeah, everyone was saying we think we're going to move to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. And so... As quickly as it arrived, it has left us. Bachelor Winter Games. We saw it off last night. And I really feel like it was not long enough for this world. No, I I am so here for Winter Games. And joining us today to get into all of the beautiful love stories, the athletic failures, the five hours of the five hours of compulsory television is freelance writer who has recapped The Bachelor for Glamour, Megan Angelo. Hi, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We have way too much to cover to to hit everything, so we're just going to talk about the important points. Did this show work? Like, is is this what they wanted to accomplish? Did they do it? I think it worked so well. I think they were looking for something that would be fun, exciting, inject some sort of new energy into the franchise, and also just be, you know, good counter-programming while they know they're going to lose in the ratings because NBC has the Olympics. And I feel like they really hit all of that. It was really refreshing to see a cast of people, many who, you know, are a little older, a little more settled in their lives than what we've traditionally seen um, on The Bachelor, and coming from different cultures, coming with different experiences. It just was more interesting to watch the relationships that came out of it, to me, uh, felt pretty authentic. And yeah, guys, I'm like a sucker for this show. I Megan, too. you yeah. were actually there for a I couple days. I was there. I was so lucky up in Vermont. And I, I mean, I think what we saw on TV was really true to what I saw, which is, like, the internationals are so... They're a breath of fresh air. They speak like real people. They're not... I mean, like, well, we'll get to, like, the actual conversations, but I just feel like watching them, I'm watching real people. I'm not watching people who have watched The Bachelor for two decades and who... You mean they had vocabulary other than amazing? There wasn't a lot of, I like this. (laughs) I I love that. They're talking. They're real people. So. Oh, my goodness. It just got very dark in our podcast studio. <laughs> I Nick. angered the gods. I angered the bachelor gods. Okay. Um, apparently, we were sitting very still. So we need to get a little more energy going <laughs> in this. Nick's going to cut out my great commentary on the lights. I think it's I hope they do it again and don't wait four years. Because mm-hmm. I agree. There was sort of like an authenticity to it that is missing from the main franchises sometimes. It seems like just a flaw in the actual design. Uh, Not the design, but like it creates its own failure eventually. Like if New Zealand keeps having The Bachelor, you have to imagine eventually they will be as savvy about it as Luke Powell or whoever. (laughs) And if, I mean, like no Bachelor here would be insane enough 
to allow it to become publicly known that he flipped a coin to pick his like final person. I don't think it's a great thing to do, but it does show that sort of naivety about mm-hmm. what the show is and can do to people and how you have to present yourself. And the same thing happens with like a new show like Paradise or Winter Games is the first season. People don't really know what to expect who are on the show. And, and so that, that shapes how they act. Like some people stayed longer because they thought new people were going to be brought in, right. which turned out not to happen. Next time they do it, that assumption won't be there. So eventually it's all going to it all ends up getting like calcified in this way that makes us feel more cynical. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that that was going to be my next question. Like, do we think if they make this a yearly thing, would it sour pretty quickly the way that I feel like Paradise at first I loved and then it's gotten more exhausting as it's gone on. And we can't fault people for understanding the bounds of what they're stepping into. I would want to also. Um, But I wonder if having internationals and, you know, as the show pops up in various countries, you might be able to drag out that, um, you know, excitement for a little bit longer just because you're you're creating these sort of cultural, not conflicts, but this meeting of, of various cultural expectations. Yeah, yeah. I think if they do it again, they would probably stretch out the format a little bit, right? Because unless you have the Olympics going on, it's kind of awkward to just have two weeks, four episodes, whatever. So then I feel like like I feel like they're gonna get tempted to do the rolling cast thing where they bring yeah. in more cast and maybe it'll be easier now that they've gone through the visa things once. But that oh I think that's what brings sort of like the cynical element because once new people start coming in, everyone's like, how am I gonna stay? And it's not as much about like dating and Right. Like that's the thing that brings in the relationship drama in Paradise yeah. is people getting distracted by newer like more exciting, hotter cast members. Yeah. Walking down the stairs to Chris Harrison. Yeah, and people being like, I want to keep my options open. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't happen on Winter Games because you know your options. You picked the best one. And like, yeah. I hope they don't start bringing in different yeah. cast. I feel like that that is something that I enjoyed about this format. And not to say that it doesn't work on a show like Paradise, but if you're trying to do something different, do something different and stick to that. It's also amazing how it ended. They brought in one new cast member because of his visa issues, Jordan. Uh, he was late. And instead of creating drama, it actually fixed the drama in this sort of <laughs> serendipitous way that probably would never happen again. Where so true. Bibby had just been dumped, it seemed like, pretty mm-hmm. amicably for Ashley by Kevin. And then immediately was like, this Jordan guy's even yeah, better. This works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. It was kind of beautiful. And then it allowed all of them yeah. to be friends. I it did, Didn't you think I it showed, it. like, a more positive side? Like, I just personally, after Bibby was on The Bachelor, I wasn't a huge fan. But then on Winter Games, I felt like I saw a different side of her. And I was, like, I feel like she, like, on Bachelor, I was always just, like, she always looks like she's been waiting like for a table at a restaurant for an hour. Like she just always <laughs> well, looks like Well, that is essentially, mad. I guess, what you're doing. That's you're true. like waiting for your time all the time on yeah. The Bachelor. Whereas on Winter Games, it's a little more natural. Like I um, 
often will go away with a group of friends to like a winter house and hang out and play board games and go out in the snow and some people make out with each other and like that felt like what this was. You've and always I had that. experiences that are very similar to the show that I just hear about. And I'm like, people do that stuff. That's great. It's just me trying to recreate my summer camp days all the time. I never went to summer camp. I've never been to like a big group house like in Vermont. I'm so yeah. jealous. It seems really fun. Um, yeah, I I think someone said, I think it was probably Robert Mills on Juliet's podcast that they purposely didn't bring in new cast members to make it more like a solidarity throughout the world, mm-hmm. like the Olympics thing, which Aww. is a nice sentiment. But I have to imagine they're going to be really tempted to start throwing in the elements that have worked for them in the past. No, just hold off. Yeah. Robert Mills, hold <laughs> off. The show's also too short. They'd have to make it longer like yeah. two weeks. Two weeks is not is not enough time to have a rolling cast coming through. No. And I mean, like with Paradise, by the end, when you have those people who come on for two days, it's just impossible yeah. to care about them. Yeah. They don't know why they're there either. Right. They're like, they're like yeah. I've just been sitting in a hotel yeah. and I guess I was told it's my time to go on TV now. Like, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's in a couple already. The people who aren't are extremely undesirable, clearly. So, like, <laughs> what, what's the point of my being here? But this felt different. It felt really fun. And, um, yeah, well well done yeah. Bachelor franchise, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I have to say the international thing to me was really fun to watch. But in the end, they like contestants really ended up sorting into not very international couples. Oh, totally. Yeah. Which I think is rational because you bring people together to date and they live half a world away from each other. That's a, a huge amount of stress to put on a relationship. There's often a language barrier it and a cultural barrier. It didn't really make sense to me that they would all be, mm-hmm. like, trying so hard to date each other. And well, then, I think the U.S.-Canada thing, though. Bring yeah. more Canadians on to our show. Yeah. Like, that's we've had like Canadians on The Bachelor yeah. forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this whole people were like, we should have a Canadian Bachelor. And I was like, well, we've, we've had, had a Canadian yeah, Bachelorette, two. like, yeah. three times. Mm-hmm. Twice. Twice. Right? Yeah, Jillian. Caitlin and Jillian. Yeah. yeah. They're our feeder system. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And they were both excellent. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Bring on a Canadian Bachelor, though. We haven't had that. That's true. That's true. But, yeah, you're right. When I was there, it was like, I mean, it was the first cocktail party, but it was totally one couch America. Really? One couch everybody else. And they were nervous, so I'm not saying it was, like, weird. They all seemed very pleasant with each other, but— They seem very close now. They do. The solidarity thing is so funny because um, the piece I did for The Times about it, this it didn't make it in. But I interviewed Ashley, and I interviewed Benoit. Benoit got cut from the piece altogether. But um, it was funny because, of course, I asked all them, like, did you talk about politics? Did you talk about international affairs? And um, Ashley was like, everybody was saying, like, we know Americans are nice no matter what's going on. We all want to move to America. And Benoit was like, yeah, everyone was saying, we think we're going to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so I think some things were lost there. But I was like, yeah. good for you guys I for bet both it. of those things happened. Yeah, I bet yeah. it's true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, clearly we saw that some of them have moved to L.A. Yeah. But yeah, everyone still wants to move to Canada because <laughs> right. that's clearly preferable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I have hopes for Claire, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see. Where, what they end up deciding to do. Um so we should talk about kind of the the beats of how people's relationships played out. But first we have some some exits as it becomes clear that new people aren't coming in. 
and the the non-coupled are left. So Ben Higgins sort of sets off a mass exodus in episode three. He has a really tearful conversation with Chris Harrison um, where he kind of talks about what this experience has brought up for him. And he expanded on this a little bit on on the Bachelor Party podcast. Uh, And it makes sense. He said that, you know, being back sort of dating on television around all of the producers and camera people who had not only been there for his engagement, but also when they were shooting the the spinoff show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just associated the whole setting with Lauren and with kind of the trauma of having a very public relationship and subsequently a very public breakup that people questioned whether it was even real. And I, that felt genuine to me. Yeah. Ben is such a star. Like, I, it's, it's unbelievable wild. to me. I'd forgotten how much fun he is to watch. Me too. <laughs> because, like, I can't identify a quality about him that makes him stand out. He doesn't, like, he's not, like, super witty. Mm-hmm. He's not super interesting or intellectual. But he just has the right combination of all the traits that I just I want to watch whatever he's doing, <laughs> talking about. Yeah. He almost has the feel of like a chaperone or something to me in the house. Yeah. Like not in a bad way, but you know what I mean? You can feel everyone looking to him. Like He's the glue what guy. Yeah. yeah. He's sort of a natural leader, which really, really comes across. But he has a softness to him um, that makes it he's work. He's very Obama-like. <laughs> but like, on the other side of the political gentle, spectrum. <laughs> gentle charisma. Like... It's like he seems almost too soft-spoken to be commanding, and yet you want to listen. You want to know what he's going to say, and you want to follow him. <laughs> That's a bold comparison, <laughs> but is. you know what? It's yeah, a I, one. <laughs> I feel good about we're, it. We're They're also both very lanky. I don't know. Um, and he, like I, I like cried when he had his com- because this I is cried a few times. I cried a few times, but I cried first. I think during this conversation with Chris Harrison because it is something that I think about a lot with bachelor couples as someone who snarks on the franchise a lot and who doesn't want to be like a sucker. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, they they know they're gonna break up. Like they don't even care about each other. They like they just want to stay together, so it's not embarrassing. But I have to think that a lot of couples would break up after a couple years anyway and that doesn't mean they didn't really love each other we've all been in relationships like that and then to have so many people dismissing your pain as performed must be so disheartening and just and there's really no way to combat that and I do think that probably viewers just naturally seeing something like this come up is maybe the the best way to combat that perception. Yeah. Uh, and and it, that's not to say that this was calculated because I don't think it was. From my understanding of it is that, you know, no one quite knew what the format of the show was going to be. Ben wasn't even quite sure mm-hmm. what he was, what role he was going to play. And then being thrown back into it brought something up. We know that these environments are really locked boxes. They tend to bring out people's emotions because that's what makes good television. And this was a really compelling moment for me. Uh, I also really loved how much the other cast members seemed to value Ben's friendship. Uh, It was very sweet. He clearly had become sort of a big brother figure to Yuki, and they had a lot of... 
a lot of genuine fun and a lot of genuine love between the two of them. And she was just weeping when he came out to kind of tell everyone, I think it's my time to go. Uh, And that was nice to see. And then it set off, as I said, a mass exodus where then Michael and Yuki also left. So Michael then is like, I mean, Ben's right. There's no one really here (laughs) that I'm going to date either. And no one else is coming. So it's time for me to go. Um, Has a kind of low-key goodbye. Apparently there was more to it. but They're usually... (laughs) Michael has been hilarious on Twitter. He's, like, so bitter that nothing is shown of him. And then Chris Harrison has to sit Yuki down and be like, there are no boys left for you. Yeah. But I I really enjoyed that conversation because early on in the show, we see Chris Harrison try to interview Yuki at an event. And a lot is made of how she's not really understanding the question. And it's so funny. And I hated that. And this time he came, like, prepared with some questions in Japanese and was really trying to communicate. And it was a really sweet conversation. I noticed that, too. And I thought that's an interesting course correction because they were so into hyping her lack of English. And then, you know, that conversation, they, they played it very straight. Like, he wasn't, like, you know, mispronouncing something and laughing about it. He was like, I came prepared. I'm trying to do a good job here. And Right, and it's not to say that they handled that barrier perfectly by any means, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate that at least by the end of the show, I felt like Yuki was less of a caricature and more of a human being, and we got yeah. to see, from the cast perspective, the genuine affection that's there for her, which yeah. made it the whole thing feel a little bit less gross. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, by the way, buy that she was sort of holding back on English. Like, I know there's been a lot of people saying, oh, she knew, like, sort of implying, oh, she can speak English really well. She just wanted to appear a certain way on camera. But I I saw her, like, she can speak it really well. Yeah. But she said she knew four words. And by, like, five minutes into the show, she was saying a (laughs) lot more than four words. She had, like, just the bachelor dialect, like, yeah. It, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't think, she I think understands there's a big gap between yeah. she knows the language really well mm-hmm. and she knows four words. And I think she's somewhere in the she middle. Is, she is. But I did like I saw her use a translator a lot yeah. on set. And so, you know, I felt like it was a little snarky the way people kept being like, she's just I'm like, that would be so. I think people, it makes people feel better, too, about the way that the persona is like laughed at. That's like true. She's doing it on purpose. If she's in on it, then it's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how they cut around the translator so mm-hmm. completely. Like, because we did hear from Michael and Leslie that she had a translator, but right. makes Who's no. Who's fully in the house with her. And I was. Again, I do my, like, deep dive Instagram stalking after these shows end, and there were photos where there was this, like, other girl in it with a bunch of the cast members. I'm like, who, who is this person? Then I realized this is Yuki's translator, yeah. and clearly the whole cast knows her because she was in the house all the time. Yeah. It must be weird, too, to be a translator for Friendship. Where it's like, I'm only here so that you can be friends with this other person. It's not like diplomacy or whatever, yeah, right. right? Stakes are low. Yeah, but it's also like, I'd be like, why not just be friends with me? Like, yeah. I'm here. Right. You can talk to me. I don't know. Like, it just seems like mm. such a a weird dynamic to, in which to be a trans. Or like romance. Yeah. To be like, I'm here so you can go on a date with this other girl. I because know. you can't, you know, communicate directly. Hopefully the translator doesn't have, like, a sibling who works at the UN who just, like, shames <laughs> them at Thanksgiving. Like, how's The Bachelor going? <laughs> 
oh, cool, if you mistranslate it, there might be, like, a little awkwardness around the jacuzzi. Cool. If I mistranslate something, there's a war. <laughs> um, so at this point, then Yuki leaves the house very emotional. And, uh, and it's only couples left. And we did yeah. hear from Michael that Ben, Yuki, and Michael all hung out at the hotel afterwards. Aww. And smoked and menthol smoked cigarettes. Yeah, Japanese from Japan. cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's adorable. So the couples remaining now are Josiah and Allie, uh, Jordan and Bibby, Leslie and Dean, Luke and Stassi, Kevin and Ashley, Courtney and Lily, and Claire and Christian. Um, and they are having an event instead of a rose ceremony, to uh, see who will have to go home. And it is a kissing contest. Mm. And Claire and Christian don't even make it to the kissing contest. We should Yeah, so clarify. they all show up thinking it's going to be some sort of rose ceremony. Chris Harrison says, it's a kissing contest. Um, Claire and Christian at this point have not kissed and are also kind of in a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Naturally, and Clara seems to be sort of hoping that Christian will make a move during that that I feel conversation. Like some sort of cultural barrier that neither of them can quite cross. Like something seems to be getting a little lost in translation with some of what Christian is trying to communicate. I don't yeah. know. It just they were missing each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like she was sort of heavily trying to imply that he should just make a move now. Mm-hmm. It's not too late, and he was sort of like. Well, I guess that the right moment didn't come, and, <laughs> yeah, and what are you going to do about it? Yeah, he seemed so impassioned, though, when he was like, I'm so sorry, like whispering in yeah. her ear. So, I, yeah. But it's interesting because he showed, like, zero emotion, right. really, up until the moment when they're like, we should go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do decide they should eventually just leave before the contest. And then he sort of, like, grabs her and kisses her cheek yeah, and is like, like, I'm so sorry. He says and is in the moment, like, I hate myself. Mm-hmm. That I can't show her how I feel. Um, it is weird because I don't want to attribute too much to cultural differences. We know that people are all very different within cultures. And I don't know that much about the German culture around dating. So I really have no idea how much of it is a cultural difference and how much of it is just Christian and Claire. Yeah. Like, I have no idea. That's true. It's probably a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, apparently... In Germany, when you say you'll go in the jacuzzi, it's you a date. Go. It's that an appointment, Claire. It's not a date. It's an appointment. You said it was I so an appointment. I, I could. I want to hear that clip over and over Me again. Too. It's Me amazing. Too. It, the sound. Or amazing. just him saying jacuzzi yeah. over and over mm-hmm. again. Then the, just the ways, like <laughs> when we say you go in jacuzzi in Germany, it's a date. Yes. <laughs> Did you notice too that it it waned as the show went on? But when they were fighting early on. Claire, when things would get heated, would almost take on this accent of her own. Like, I think being in the vacuum with it, like, I swear I could hear her being like, you did not come to me. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. it just like things got. I think there is that impulse, too, to be like, he's not understanding me because we speak different languages. He sounds like this. So if I sound like that, he'll understand. It's like this very, like, basic instinct about con- like trying yeah. to converse with someone who has a- an accent it doesn't make any sense but i think it's an instinctual thing of like they'll understand me better yeah. if i sound like that she went that road a little bit yeah, yeah i think she definitely did she was like he's talking to me like this i will talk back to him like that and then we will 
somehow understand each other, which unfortunately for the two of them, or maybe fortunately, honestly, because they did not belong together. No. uh, They they had a very classy exit parting of ways. And it was the nicest, right right move. Nicest interaction they ever had. I mean, I feel like all of the breakups on this show were fairly mature. And I think partly because there was no like sense of being chosen over or against. Like there. On The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise, it's always like, oh, what makes me worse than her? What makes me worse than them? Right. And This is more like actual dating. Right. This is more like that usual situation where you're like, we're just not on the same page. You're great, and I wish this could work out, but, like, something isn't right. It feels, I think, less—there's less resentment there when you don't feel like you're being rejected in favor of someone else. such a good point, and I really enjoyed watching that. And I wonder if from the— Bachelor production uh, point of view, I'm sure there is a concern that that would be boring, you know, to just watch mm-hmm. more normal relationships play out. And, and I'm you know, obviously on, on a show like The Bachelor, that's impossible because that's literally not the conceit. But um, on a, a side show like this, it works incredibly well. And it was nice to feel the instinct to relate to the couples rather than to... Mm-hmm pick apart and make fun of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is always something I struggle with. Like, what is that line? Did you guys ever watch Terrace House? No. No. Um, Terrace House is a Japanese reality show about, like, a group of young people. Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. Rose Buddies watched it and and recapped it, and I listened, and they were obsessed with it. And I've heard that from other people who like The Bachelor, that it's really good. And I think that that was a big part of it. It was just people living together. They would, some of them would date. Maybe things wouldn't work out. But there wasn't like a a, a structure that forced them to date and break up in mm-hmm. the same way. And I think there is something really appealing about that. But it doesn't sound that great in the abstract. Like I've never been motivated to watch Tara's House, even though I've heard how great it is, because it sounds boring. Yeah. 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 But then watching Winter Games, I wasn't bored I by that. I think it works well with Winter Games, though, because you're motivated because you know some of these characters. That's true. And mm-hmm. and that is the best way that this franchise can capitalize on these characters that they've created on the main shows is to then put them in these situations that perhaps would sound boring, but I'm compelled to watch a Claire or an Ashley or, right. you know, a and Leslie. And the other side of it is that it's not all people that we already know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, a great balance. Sometimes I think on Paradise, it doesn't read genuine because they do already know each other. They've mm-hmm. been to a million trillion events together and mixed and mingled. But this was like, oh, it's half people that we know as characters, but they're actually spontaneously getting to know new people. How did it feel when you were there watching those meetings take place? They were so nervous at that point. Um, The most entertaining thing I saw, I mean, Yuki went around all night and talked to every single one of the guys. And that was so cool to watch. But there was, I mean, that was when I started to form my opinion of Luke, which... Uh, Ooh, the New York Times tell. does not oh endorse. I do not represent the New York <laughs> Times. Personal opinions with my only. Views of Luke, but you could just feel how bad he wanted to be the Bachelor, and I mean, like you could see it on camera. He had so many lines, like "I want tomorrow too." Like, oh my god, get out of here! <laughs> and he, you know, at that point, I I'm trying to think of how he already would have been sort of hooked up with Stasi at that point, but they were sort of already together-ish, like, interested in each other. But I saw him talk to other girls and, like, 
Um, Jenny, who I was a huge fan of, who got zero airtime, but I thought she was really cool just observing. Um, he was talking to her and uh, trying to be like, you know, I'm interested in you, but I'm also interested in Stasi, and sort of trying to like play them off each other. And Jenny was having none of it. She was like, everyone should talk to everyone. Everyone should get to know everyone. <laughs> like, it was fantastic. I was like, yes. That's amazing. That's so, Great. yeah. But I don't know. You can definitely, it's when you're there in person, I was surprised by how easy it is to separate sort of the people who are really there to, like, build a brand, as they say, and, like, get more Instagram followers from the people who are just hanging out and seeing if something works out romantically. Did, did you feel like the other cast members could tell or were they all kind of in a bubble together, not really observing the same dynamics? I I mean, they definitely were spread out a little bit, so they wouldn't have seen everything. But I feel like they've all got each other's number. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you can kind of tell. If I can tell, yeah. being there for two hours. <laughs> You're just a professional journalist. Just, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> But yeah, it was really interesting. And by the way, I will say my biggest impression was like this crew should win all of the Emmys because the way they dance between conversations and like pick up on things and switch focus like to be in that control room is like insane. It's So how is it set up? Is there a control room that is Mm -hmm. offset where they're watching all this footage? No, they were right in the lodge. And it's basically, you know, it's like any live broadcast. I mean, it's not live, but they are directing it that way. And I didn't see them, you know, I know there's a lot of talk of like, oh, they make people talk or they give them talking points. They were really letting these people go and talk organically and just being really quick to jump in there whenever it was something that could be compelling. So I was super impressed with them. Did you see people being like pulled aside for in the moments and stuff? No, I really didn't. It was a really, um, at least while I was there, it was a really natural environment. Yeah. To be honest, it is, like, kind of amazing to me that The Voice is always, like, winning Emmys on Golden Globes. Yeah. Yeah. And The Bachelor isn't. I feel like it is an incredible achievement yeah, of production. Yeah, they're extremely talented. Yeah. Like, I for, agree. You know, it's my least cynical thing about The Bachelor is <laughs> I'm like, give these people trophies. Well, yeah. I think that's why, you know— Claire and I have talked about this, like why part of why we are so fascinated by the show. It is it's been running since two thousand two with pretty consistent success. Uh, and it has, you know, this this structure, but they are also doing like innovating. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the amount of things you have to juggle to make the show work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, okay. Let's so, talk about more couples. So, well, we're still at the kissing right, contest. Right. We're at the, mm. And it's being judged by a number of the American exes. They basically were ju- – right. They were like, it's oh, Joe, who's Joe. left? Let's call in all of their bachelor yeah. slash bachelorettes. <laughs> um, so we have JoJo, um, Rachel, and Ari. Um, Bibiana obviously was just cut from Ari's season <laughs> like a week ago. Um, and so – They all just basically have some time to hang out and prep their kissing, and then they get into it. And first up is Leslie and Dean, and they do a little dance number. They really leaned into the, like, this is a competition, less than the passionately make out with each other. Yeah, they did Mm -hmm. a little dance, and then she, like, put her knees on his shoulders and popped up and, like— Kind of impressive, honestly. I mean, I couldn't do it. <laughs> From a purely technical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Rachel hated it to a degree <laughs> that was pretty awkward to watch. Um, it made me wonder 
whether she was sort of taking the role as the harsh judge and that she had said other harsh things or whether... Right. And they had only showed us her commentary on Leslie and Dean because it did come off as kind of pointed in a way that was like, ugh. It didn't, like, concern me deeply, but I was like, I ugh. Just, I don't think any commentary on a kissing contest should be that harsh. Like, they're kissing for you. Like, be nice. Like, it's weird to be like... I didn't love Your this. kissing sucked. Like, who cares? Like, we enjoyed it. <laughs> Go fuck off. Um... So that was an awkward start to the whole situation. Also, the dance itself was quite awkward to watch. I didn't love the dance. But again, it's people kissing. Like, who am I to say? Who is anyone to say? Um, And then uh, we see everyone else kind of goes through their standard kissing. Poor Courtney and Lily does like a do a cute thing where she like puts on a fresh coat of lipstick Mm -hmm. and then lets him mess it up. They they were fine with that like cutesy little detail, but they were not okay with the gymnastics. I'm just going to point that out. The judges. (laughs) Double standards. Okay. Yes. Um, And then poor Allie, her stomach is is getting upset. They played it off like she was anxious about Josiah and their relationship, but I saw her post something uh, indicating that it had nothing to do with Josiah and everything to do with the fact she had been drinking a ton of Baileys that night. Baileys? Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. Just lots of cream and alcohol. Yeah. Oh she God. said, I ate some questionable sashimi and drank a bunch of Baileys. Uh, and yeah. that is oh, why no. I threw up. Yeah. One of those cream liquor and sushi. It sounds like the worst kind of combination. <laughs> it's like, I want to guarantee I'm going to have to throw up later. What can I put That's in right. my stomach? That makes a lot of sense now. Uh, yeah. I'm sure it didn't help that that is a really awkward thing to be scrutinized while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, and I'm like sweating. I had this weird fish. She was like, gray. Like there was uh, no question that she was amping that up. Yeah, she's her like visibly like burp, trying to burp it back. Yeah. Oh. That feeling is so terrible. And to be on camera while that happens. Oh, God. That's, yeah. that's a true nightmare. Luckily, Allie is the most good-natured person I've ever seen on yeah. television. So yeah, she, she, uh, she handled goes it well. And throws up and then brushes her teeth and comes back and makes out with Josiah. But, but it is still uh, not enough, and they lose the kissing contest. Yeah, I mean, it does. She does say um, that she's not super sure about their relationship. So. It doesn't seem like a terrible choice. No, it seems like the right home. people to kind of make an exit at that point. Mm-hmm. They, but it was they clearly weren't going to work nice after. that he was willing to kiss her after <laughs> Shows she real dedication to the craft, and I, you know, <laughs> the craft, respect that. Yeah. Um, so at that point, we're left with Jordan and Bibby, Leslie and Dean, Luke and Stassi, Kevin and Ashley, and Courtney and Lily. Um, and... The next night, last night, we watched them do like a a Paris figure, a Paris ice dancing competition. Nice. Uh, Nancy Kerrigan was there. They got Nancy Kerrigan. Oh. They got her. I was so happy. I mean, she deserves better, maybe than The Bachelor. She deserves she was everything. Fun with it. But she, I was happy to see her on television. I used to watch these like VHSs of her oh, yeah. and uh, Christy Yamaguchi and Michelle Kwan. Like I have like distinct memories of watching these VHS VHS tapes at my grandparents' house in Connecticut and just being obsessed with Nancy Kerrigan. So I was here for it. I loved her. They got a lot of good people for this, relatively speaking. They did. Like Hannah Storm yeah. and Nancy yeah. Kerrigan. They had Ty Babylonia and Randy Gardner. Who and I sort of want to know more about in the present. Like 
I might. I want the cameras to follow them a little. Something with Randy and his red gloves, just like stop, go. Like I loved. It was amazing. Um, yeah, they were they were pretty fun, and also I don't. I've never heard of them, which just like made me think about how little I know about the history of Paris ice mm-hmm. uh, pair skating. Yeah. Well, they did win in gold in the late seventies, I think. Yeah, so I mean, I wasn't while. born then. Right. That's yeah. true. I also kind of missed Nancy Kerrigan. We're like the same age, Emma, and, and you and I are. And I think the first Winter Olympics I really remember is um, Tara Lipinski. Oh, really? Winning. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a great memory. No, Oksana Bayul. My childhood is like a vague blur. Nancy Kerrigan <laughs> won the silver in. Gosh, I don't know. 94. Because Tara Lipinski was 98. I was six. Yeah. How do you guys remember being six? Uh, it's well, it helps when you do have it on VHS, yeah, which I'm sure I, mean, I, I did too. Yeah, I, I was, probably rewatched it. I was it seven. I don't know. Does that year make probably? Make a, yeah, seven is when I really seven started a lot making memories. Either you know, right? Um, <laughs> so uh, during rehearsals um, is when cracks really start to show for Jordan and Bibiana. She is a former uh, NFL cheerleader, um, and. He is just Not. some <laughs> dude from New Zealand. Um, Poor Bibby. She was so, she was just trying to nail these dance moves. If anyone thinks that Bibby seemed like she was being really hard on Jordan, just know that that is how I act with my husband. Um, <laughs> and I felt like, I felt a lot of like self-loathing during that. I kept being like, why is she being so mean? And then I was like, Claire, remember when he put the glasses touching in the dishwasher like last week? And yeah. you were much meaner than that. <laughs> I, I thought she was being really kind, actually. Like, you could really see her, like, I mean, I know she was, like, flipping out in the dance session. But then you could see her really struggling with, like, she wished she could. Oh, the actual breakup, the, I yeah, thought. Yeah, the actual was, breakup I didn't yeah. think was harsh. I just thought it was funny to watch them oh, trying yeah. to rehearse. And she kept being like, no, you can't tug me like that. You can't. No. Okay, I know you're feeling the music, but, like, you have to calm down. <laughs> it was very entertaining. Well, I did I feel a little bit bad for Jordan, but I also felt Bibiana's frustration and could relate to <laughs> just felt, yeah. just do it correct. Just do it the way that you're supposed to. Oh, my God. But there's also, like, if you're already feeling the seeds of annoyance with someone, oh, then yeah. you don't want to be that, touching that. Like, yeah. there, was so, there was so much touching involved in that breakup between the dancing and then later yeah. when she was trying. To, she just kept saying, like, I need space. And he just kept being, like while I touch your face and hair. And she's like, yeah. no, please just take a step. You I know, think that so. he picked the wrong time to initiate a conversation about whether they should commit because yes. she was feeling suffocated and confused and annoyed. And he was like, but right, how much more pressure can we load on? And he this? just kept doing it. Like, I was like, put a dog gate at the stairs so that he can't go up again. It was hard. I felt for both of them because I think also once you once you feel that instinct, like I need to have this answer and my own anxiety is pushing me to ask the question. Once you open that up, you can't really take it back. And so I think. And then it's hard to wait with that person knowing that vulnerable thing about you and deciding your fate. I really and felt like, for just both tell of me. them. I yeah. felt for both of them because I, I think I've been in both positions where I'm like, I have these feelings and I want to share them and I want to understand what my expectations should be moving out of this, you know, one environment into the next yeah. step. And then I've also been in the situation of feeling, I don't know where I stand on this and I don't want you to ask me that question. I'm not prepared to answer it. 
and then sort of coming to the realization of, I I guess if I can't answer it, we can't move forward. Yeah. yeah. And he did care. Like, you could tell there was nothing, you know, camera made about. Yeah. He no, was crying. I think that, like, he was people have been. New Zealanders are very skeptical about him because of the coin flipping, and it's like he can never do a good thing ever again. I guess again. we just don't have I that scar that. tissue. We don't have that. Just, yeah, we yeah. know about it, but it's not the same as having lived through it. I think that was a shitty thing to do. Yeah. But I do think that he really was excited about Bibiana, and he was like, yeah. this is going to be my, like— my second chance. I'm going to actually find someone I'm really excited about through this process. And we're going to not just like dink dink through this for mm-hmm. TV. And then she was like, oh, no, I just thought we were having fun, basically, and not rushing through it. And now I can't handle what you're asking for. It was really sad. It was so sad. Claire and I were just, like, messaging each other throughout the whole breakup. A lot of (laughs) exclamation points and, like, I'm so sad. This is so sad. Also, Jordan, like, I have to say, he's the hottest one. You think? I think he's the hottest one. I'm the most attracted to him. I think it's it's personality. There's something about him. I don't know. I'm drawn to it. I think it's— Courtney is attractive as well. I mean— yeah, but like Courtney, I think his personality is more attractive to me than Jordan's. But yeah. I still find Jordan more attractive. I find Jordan extremely attractive. <laughs> I, and Claire and I may have somewhat unintentionally set a thirst trap for Jordan yeah, last night. I always night. forget that people from the show follow us. And so I, I will just tweet things like, wow, Jordan's super hot. Like, he's the hottest dude. And then I quote tweeted Claire and was like, yes, we feel strongly about this. Like, And then he started following us. Well, so. he fo- started following us because Michael <laughs> responded to Claire's tweet, tagged Jordan, <laughs> expressed his own hurt over the tweet. Michael's an actual friend of ours. Um, yeah. And <laughs> then, of course... Jordan followed both of us, and I'm like, is this what it means to set a thirst trap successfully? I mean, it was pretty easy. Like, we didn't even do it on purpose. Oh, my gosh. So, um, so yeah, if Jordan ever comes through New York, you know, he he knows he's welcome on this podcast. Yeah. And um, in our hearts. Honestly, any of them, <laughs> any, except for Luke. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Any any of it's them, not, I would be down to hang out with. too harsh on Luke? No. Do you, get, you see no. what I see. Okay, well, we're, we have to we'll, we'll get there. We'll Soon get there. we're going to get to yeah, Luke and Stassi. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more from Winter Games and, of course, breaking down that surprise engagement. Oh, we should mention that before the competition, they all get a fantasy suite date. Oh, right. I almost forgot this happened. I know, because they really zipped through it. And it's interesting. The international couples did not take advantage of the fantasy suite. Stasi said no. Um, she wouldn't be able to, like, look her mother in the eye. Um, and Courtney and Lily were just like, we don't need it. Like, we're falling in love and we're going to, yeah. like, hang out after the show. We don't need to, like, appear to be having sex on right. TV. slowly closing the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then Leslie and Dean were sort of like, we really want this time um, Leslie hasn't been with a, a guy since her reconstructive surgery from her mastectomy. So she was like, 
really wanted to make sure that I think that Dean would handle that well. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kevin and Ashley are just like, let's do this. (laughs) Time to rid Ashley of her reputation for virginity, if not her actual Uh, virginity. I don't think that they had sex on that fantasy I mean, sweet date. Who knows? Also, who cares? But I don't care. I would like to say that I thought um, Kevin, I thought they had like a, a nice conversation when they did address her virginity. Uh, I bothered, was really torn about that conversation. What did I you think? I didn't love, I know the part that you didn't love. Yes. Um, well, yes. Well, <laughs> I mean, the convers- I thought the conversation was fine. The treatment of her virginity overall on the show, oh, I would definitely say there's, there's been some hits and misses. Mostly uh, misses. I didn't love this. Well, the sign that the kid was holding oh, up. I, I yeah, hated and that. They kept going I back to hated that, that so Guys. much. It was like, Ashley, don't give it up with yeah. it crossed out. Presumably Gross. someone from the show gave her that to hold. If so, oh, I obviously. take back one Emmy that I gave them yeah, for that all was of their no, My understanding yeah. is that all of the signs we ever see on this show of are course. pre-made yeah. and handed out to people in the audience. Mm-hmm. I will say, yeah. I think this was like the only way Ashley could have remotely gracefully transitioned out of being known for being a virgin was to be like, I'm going to now put myself publicly in a setting where I may no longer be a virgin and then refuse to ever talk about it again. I thought it was a smart move. That's the only thing. Because I was like, now, I always was very worried about Ashley about how weird it would be to have to talk about losing her virginity. And so she made it sort of public, but also didn't Mm -hmm. and threaded that needle. It also made me think that Kevin uh, was kind of like, look, this is not what we're going to be about. I don't want us, our sex life to become the focal point. Yeah, and, and it, he picked the wrong person for that, to be <laughs> honest. But but it sounded like they had had a conversation yeah. about it and made that decision together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say I was a little bit—and I say this as someone who waited a long time to have sex for very similar reasons to Ashley in a lot of ways, but also some other ones. I'm, like, a little bothered by the way that she is like, look at me. I'm a role model for how, like, girls can— like wait for the perfect guy and mm. that it's worth it. Yeah, that's the only part of that narrative that bothered me as well. I thought that the conversation between her and Kevin was sweet and very respectful and I appreciated that that was handled with grace. I do think it's a bit of a problematic message to put to put Ashley's experience and make that something that this is now generalizable. And encouraging of other young women putting so much weight one way or the other on that virginity. I think that's part of the problem to begin with, right, that we attribute so much meaning outside of just the fact that, yes, you know, there are considerations of pregnancy, health risks, all those things that people need to be aware of before they make that decision. Mm -hmm. And you want people to be responsible. Um, But at the same time, I think putting so much weight onto something creates this very problematic expectation. It creates this meaning that then labels people as like, oh, what does it mean if you had sex at X point or chose not Mm -hmm. to? And that's definitive of your character in some way. And that just puts terrible pressure on women regardless of what sexual choices they make. And I don't like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny to see, like, the like you said earlier, The Bachelor and its iterations have been on since 2002. And the conversation around these things, like, not to get too heavy about it, but 
it has evolved so much since then that sometimes I feel like I can see the show trying to sort of catch up in their own way. And other times they just don't make the mark. And so I sort of, I almost appreciated where she was coming from in trying to put it in context for other people sure. who might feel the same way about virginity and stuff. But I really think all, it just needed a little tweak to be like, I'm more of a role model because I just decided I could do what I wanted and everyone can decide to do what they want with their sexuality, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. So it's like they're yeah, almost I there. But... I just think that the fact that she talked about it so much and was shown obviously talking about it so much is inherently a problem. Yeah, you can't like, put the genie back in the bottle whatsoever. Right. Like I, I just don't think there's a not problematic way to focus so much on whether or not she's had sex. Right. Um, and again, I say that as someone who used to be really into my own virginity, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was the healthiest thing for me. <laughs> um, and I don't think it made me more admirable than other people. Um, and so, like, but I understand why it's become at this point for Ashley such a. I understand also that people feel who are virgins feel like affirmed by her. And I think that obviously it's good. Everyone should feel good about their choices and yeah. and I'm, for what it's worth for them i think like our first famous virgin in the franchise was sean lowe right he, he was, was a born again virgin like most men who are virgins um and yet like <laughs> have had sex desirable <laughs> like i feel like there's this whole culture of the born again male virgin i love by the way you guys were so quick with that fact <laughs> in unison well it, there, so much was made of it thank you and for fact checking me you're right written about that in his book <laughs> yeah and, yeah he's talked about it i actually it. like just yeah i just read about that in amy's book but i yeah you're like do not come at us yeah <laughs> Virgin Sean Your Lowe. fake news Come about on. Sean Lowe's virginity. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I I we watched the first season of The Bachelor once, and it was so interesting how sex was talked about. Like the fantasy suite was such a weird, like gross thing still, but at the same time, p- leads would talk so openly about how important it was to have sex and like a sexual connection in a way that they're almost more weird about now like it just feels well they've sort of they got extremely weird about it for a long time and now we're in the phase of them grappling with coming out of that i think and we have Mm -hmm. been since sean made us all (laughs) feel so weird about sex nick nick sort of yeah that wasn't great um okay so uh all the couples seem like they're you know so jordan and bibby leave before the fantasy suite because of this breakup the four remaining couples seem to be doing great. Luke and Stassi have this conversation about, like, what do you see for us after the show? This ring so false to me. And maybe yeah. it's because I already had a hinky feeling about Luke. But like you said, Megan, he had all of these lines. I don't just want today. I want tomorrow. Yeah. There is no end for us. There is no last day. Like, things yeah. that weren't real. And she would say something concrete, like, I don't want this to end. I don't want to feel like I'm missing an opportunity, but I want to see where this goes after. Right. And he would give a very vague, affirming sounding, but without actually making any connection. Yeah, he kept, like, yeah. asking her the same question over and over again, like it hadn't been answered. Like, he would be like, what do you see for us after the show? And she'd be like, I see you. I, I'm i very flexible. I would live anywhere. I've lived in different cultures. I, what's important to me is being with the person I love, and I want to see that with you. And he'd be like, but what do you see for us in the future? Because it's just hard to know what could be in the future, you know? Yeah. And it was just like he felt like 
he was hoping he, he wouldn't get the answers from her so that it would be easy to end it. Right. And then he just kept asking the question as if to convey <laughs> that he hadn't gotten the and answer. And this is the thing. I do not fault Luke if he wanted to come on the show, see what was going on, maybe date someone. But at a certain point, you just say, okay, I'm not going to feel this afterwards, so I'm going to do, you know, what Jordan and Bibby did and exit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we saw that with a few other couples or people who are briefly interested in someone of just being like, I'm not feeling this. Right. This isn't going to yeah. go anywhere for me. Yeah. But no, he was extremely evasive. Yeah. yeah. And he and he kept saying the things of like, we have a soul connection. Right. And like, I feel things with Stasi I've never felt before. And it's like, don't Ugh. say that stuff mm-hmm. if you have no plans to even get her phone number in, the, in two days. Right. Gross. Gross. Disgusting. I'm over him. I hope they never cast him on another Bachelor show. Like, yeah. I, I, no. Um, and we already knew all of this. Weird stuff about when he was almost The Bachelor. And And he was, like, catfishing, like, a bunch of women, basically. (laughs) He was dating them and telling them, oh, if you're on my season, I'll bring you to the end. Just a lot of sketchy shit. Yeah. And not treating women very well and making promises he didn't fulfill. So, you know, I'm I'm always willing to give someone another chance. And he's failed spectacularly to... um, Make my impression of him any different. I do kind of love it when people come on clearly for a rehab tour and fail because (laughs) I hate to feel like I've fallen for a rehab tour. When when they succeed, I want to be like, maybe they're just good people. And when they fail, I'm like, he tried to get rehabbed and (laughs) failed, so he sucks. Um, Meanwhile, Courtney and Lily, so cute, are like telling each other that they're that they love each other. They love each other. And I just, like, I love them. They sit down in their little fantasy suite with there's, like, a fur throw. And he's like, do you like my place? Do you like this is albino gerbil fur or something? And I was like, Courtney. They are delightful together. That was she's the conversation. Great. She's like, did you skin them with your teeth? Yeah. That was the exchange that afterwards I was like, oh, this is why I like the show. That just felt like actual banter. People weren't, like, glued back in their seats, like, trying to watch their words and what they say. They just feel like real The internationals felt less cautious around the cameras, at least the ones that made it far in the show than than some of the Americans. And I think it is partially that maybe the franchise in their country isn't as ingrained. There's less pressure, they feel. It feels like the difference between watching, like, a really good romantic comedy— and watching one that was made by someone who knows what a romantic comedy is. And it's yes. like, and now, and then they have chemistry. And then we see them saying, I really am interested in you. Yeah. But there's our fathers are enemies. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. There's something so much more um, believable about watching people who clearly have things to talk about other than their feelings right. for each other. Yeah. The, the international cast members that I talked to, to like I asked all of them, what's the biggest difference between this and making The Bachelor or The Bachelorette in your country? And they all said to a one that like the crew is so much smaller. There's fewer cameras when mm-hmm. they're shooting overseas. And there was a lot that their cameras missed. So that mm-hmm. I think they came in with a kind of comfort of like maybe not every single word I say is going to end up on national television slash like not at all where I live unless yeah. they live in Canada. Also, there so. is like it. the American cast members were really the focus of most of the season. Yeah. Because it's an American audience. And I 
sometimes was annoyed by that. I was like, I really want to see more of Courtney and Lily. They've been a couple yeah. this whole time. We never see them. But I think that that also gave them a little freedom to enjoy the experience without having it like turned into this really tortured narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. when I was talking to Mike Fleiss, who's very forthcoming, um, <laughs> he's great. I love interviewing him because he's just, you know, no bullshit. Um, he said like, oh, this was before the show aired. And he said, you know, we were nervous in editing that um, just a couple with two international cast members just is not going to hit as well on American TV. Sure. And I was thinking, oh, like, I wonder who couples up because I didn't know at that point. But then, in, you know, when it shook out and it was Courtney and Lily, I was like, oh, I feel like they blew this whole theory to hell. Like they were so compelling and. And just as, like, a really important aside, did anyone notice that Lily had a sweatshirt that said, my grandkids are as cute as buttons? No. no. <laughs> Guys, please rewind. No, what? I did notice Stassi's uh, pineapple. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a, yeah. Because it was also, so Stassi has a bright pink pineapple covered yes. onesie that she wears to bed, apparently. Yeah. It's also very tight. It was more of like a surf, like, it struck me as, like, yeah. a wetsuit. It looked like a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, no, I miss that. Please go back. It's when they're in the dressing room. She was having a dramatic conversation with another girl, but I can't remember who it was. Also, like they never had any sort of problem in their relationship, which was definitely teased heavily. It was like Lily and Courtney are going to like nothing. Zero. Um, What I'm glad because I just want them to be in love and have adorable grandkids who are cute as buttons. Um, And, uh, yeah, so I think that brings us to the competition. And they all do surprisingly great. I was impressed. I would have been falling (laughs) constantly. They did, all of them did at least some balancing and a bit of the lift. lift. Like, Like, I don't know. I was impressed. Yeah. (laughs) Dean just did, like, a tour jeté out of nowhere. Like, I don't. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they did have choreographers, it seems like. Yes. Um, (laughs) To put those beautiful routines together. (laughs) Uh, Lily and Courtney were, I think, the best ones. They did, like, a glide together that was very— They were definitely the most fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, Luke and Stassi were pretty good. She's Mm -hmm. a dancer. Yeah. That came across. Yes, Uh definitely. So that's why he kept calling her athletic. Um, Leslie and Dean— their main thing, I think, is that Leslie lo- like had the best costume. It was very flattering. Mm-hmm. She looked fantastic. Yeah. When when like Lily put her costume on, I was like, "Which producer hates you?" That is <laughs> the worst thing. What was her line? She said, "I feel like an overgrown toddler, toddler covered in covered in that sequins." Was she was like, "She, said, it, she yeah. said it's my mom's wet dream or something like that." <laughs> she said, "I have the sex appeal of a wet sock." Yeah, it was. It was her banter is fantastic. It was like it gave her no shape, but then there was so kind of a long skirt. Yeah, yeah. It was powder Why? blue. Yeah. It was bad. It was super. It was like 92. It yeah. did not fit there, her. There was a scrunchie, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. She also voluntarily wears scrunchies. She does And she really pulls them off. Absolutely. I, I would say. not look as cute yeah. in a scrunchie. She is very like 90s teen magazine cover model. Yes, look. she is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even Ashley's like had like a drop waist thing that I thought was very unflattering. Leslie had the best costume Only by costume, far. Which yeah. is the most important thing. Um, and uh, to no one's surprise. Like I was – was anyone surprised that Kevin and Ashley won? I was just like they no. pro- producers no. really want yeah. Ashley to win. Another thing I saw on Instagram stories last night, <laughs> I guess a, a bunch of them, shocker, were watching the finale together. And Courtney – 
it was on Courtney or Lily's Instagram where Courtney's like, it is rigged. That was rigged. And he pants <laughs> Ashley. And she's like, yeah, it probably was. I don't know. Like, <laughs> she's like, I mean, yeah. Well, like, rigged, rigged versus what? Like, what were the criteria? Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. Like, Emma and I were talking about this last night. And I was just like, well, they can just pick her. Right. Like, they're, they're just picking one of yeah. them. Yeah. They, I guess they never laid There's out, no like, points. a scoring There's system. There's no judges. There's no nothing. System. Yeah. Um, and... The, like, the one issue that I always have with Ashley, who, like, has many wonderful seeming qualities, is just that I think she gets pushed so hard as, like, you all really love her and all you care about is whether she finds love and whether she's happy and whether she gets to win. And I feel like when you push that so hard, it can become a little bit, like— Has the what opposite a, effect. Right. Like, I start being like, well, what about all the other people? They yeah. seem fine, too. Um, and I so I felt in that moment a little bit like, oh, of course they're going to make sure Ashley wins mm-hmm. and she gets her redemption narrative. But— on the other hand, who cares? Because it's a meaningless victory. Yeah. And I cannot I believe they, they were all so obsessed with it. And also, Kevin was the only one who actually cared about the competition. So, you know, I'm right. glad he got that affirmation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they get golden roses, which actually is pretty cool. I want yeah. one of those. I hope they got to keep those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or so, are they, like, on loan from Neil Lane and you only owe them if you stay, to own them if you stay together for more like, than two Neil years? Neil Lane, and I noticed, too. Well, we'll get to the, the other yeah. Neil Lane thing. But... Um, like I was just thinking, it's so funny. There's like no way. Like my husband was thinking, like, do you think there'll be a proposal or anything while they're there? And stuff. And like Neil Lane is not coming to Vermont. Neil Lane <laughs> doesn't do Vermont. He does finales and Barbados and all yeah. that. Neil Lane's not coming. He doesn't have cold weather gear. Yeah, <laughs> they don't have time to fit in Neil Lane. They have to fit this whole season into right. four right. episodes. Um, so then we go right into the reunion show. The Bachelor World tel- Winter Games World Teller. Tel- we, we get all. a little bit of, you know, some of the other cast members who didn't end up in those final um, four couples. But mostly it's focused on the four couples. Yeah. Leslie and Dean are still together. So cute. He gets down on one knee and offers her a key to his home. Mm. Leslie is a travel blogger, so she just, like, lives out of a suitcase and— now she has now she has a home base. Yeah. So nice. I thought it was extremely sweet. I was really glad that they didn't push them to get engaged because it's clear no, that yeah. they're not yeah. there yet, but they are really into each other and they've been traveling around together. They're currently yeah. with Ben Higgins um at his generous coffee thing in South America. Yeah. Oh, the three oh, of them are yeah. all there right now. <laughs> I like it. I'm into them. Yeah. Guys, you learn so much on Instagram stories. So <laughs> yeah, just I do have your no research. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Kevin and Ashley are, like, hanging out a bunch. He's staying mm-hmm. with her in L.A. He's moving to L.A., it seems like. She looked so happy. They yeah. Lo- they both looked really happy. Yeah. I'm I'm happy for them. Yeah. And Kevin is just very confusing to me. I guess it's the Canadian thing because he looks like your typical— guy that they would have brought on The Bachelor years ago who's, like, the hunky dude who's quite empty and possibly a jerk, and instead he's, like, has this Canadian sweetness. In Mm -hmm. Canada, you can't be a jerk just because you're a hot athlete. Right. They don't (laughs) like you. They're not okay with that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he seems very sweet, and I'm happy for, like, all the couples who are still together. We saw Courtney and Lily. They road tripped across the country in an RV. So. The cutest. We saw clips of video they took. And 
I just had, I was like, I love I, I love bought them. into this relationship fully. I want to know everything about them. I want to hang out with them. I'm so into it. They're like a commercial for Levi's. Like, I... <laughs> yes! I, I was like, this is... I, I would buy whatever product they're selling. This is how people become influencers, and I'm, I'm sorry. And they, they're they living in L.A. now. Yeah. yeah. They were just like, we just stay, we're just staying here. <laughs> cool. Um, and uh, and then we hear from Well, first, Stassi. Stassi. I loved Stassi in this segment. Yeah. Holy shit. When she was like, what a wonderful day. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. So Amazing. apparently Luke essentially fucking ghosted her yeah after he's the worst proclaiming that he's never felt anything like this maybe dm'd her on instagram once never asked for her number and like they're all on a group text so how did you not ha- get her number yeah it's it's baffling it's and uh, and then it's he, such poor form also yeah. you know that you're going to go on tv and be questioned about it maybe yeah. that was it maybe he was too busy shaping that Epic look he unveiled last night too. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't just even keep look making at him. that sound, but I just feel that way about him. Ugh, ugh. And he comes out, and honestly, we haven't seen Stassi in this mode all season. She was sort of like, "Oh, Luke likes me," and like we both have heart problems, and like yeah. we're deeply bonded, and that's nice. Like, who knows what could happen? And then we, for the first time, saw her in like hardened, like prosecutorial it was wonderful snarky mode and she really delivered it's amazing too to see how the sarcasm can come through even yes. through like that language barrier and she, apparently Stasi speaks five languages yeah I'm not surprised she's what she's from Belarus she lives in Sweden like she's clearly mm-hmm. very cosmopolitan yeah, yeah. Um, she, she was incredible and Luke hadn't it seems like really prepared he has no defense. answers to anything no he just said you know I thought Things were just coming to an end, and sometimes you don't like someone, and you say this thing. And she just looks at him and goes, was I unconscious when you said that? Yeah, yeah. He also, like, I feel like he was, like, testifying that there were conversations happening when she was saying they had literally not spoken at all. Yeah. So I don't know what— And it seems like he was saying they had conversations toward the end of the show, that Mm -hmm. it was not going to continue. And we saw those conversations, and that is not what was said. And she is also saying that is not what was said. So I'm going to trust me and Stassi on that (laughs) one (laughs) and not Luke, who, like— he couldn't even come up with like I freaked out. Like it's couldn't such come a up with anything. did he huge... even really apologize? No. no. He said, I'm sorry if you felt led on. I would never want people to think I was leading someone on. And he also pulled this whole like I ghosted you so that you wouldn't feel led on, which is like, well, maybe you could have started that whole not leading people thing on earlier when you were telling her you'd never felt this way about anyone ever before. Yeah. And also even and if would you she consider made moving that here? miscalculation. Then just reach out to her and say, hey, I had a really good time. But now that I'm back in my normal life, I just don't see a way for this to work. And you know what? That could have been spun. People would have understood. They live in different countries. Mm -hmm. He, you know, he didn't want her to move for him when he wasn't feeling it. That's all reasonable. And yet he did the one thing that will make you come off as the biggest asshole. And honestly, not just come off, makes you a huge fucking asshole. Yeah. And it, it, to go someone, and I just, I hate it. I the, hate it's it. amazing. I love that they cut this in. They call cut. They're going to like commercial <laughs> <Hot> breaks. <laughs> and they Golden. keep the camera on him and Stassi. And she's very emotional at this point. She's been, she's crying. And 
as saying like I just don't understand what happened. Yeah. I don't understand why She's you behaved this you way. You won't to even me. look at me right now. You're not looking at me. And he won't. In the eye. His eyes he are won't. wandering everywhere. He he's not responding actually to anything no, she's just saying. Says, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's literally a direct Ugh. it's a perfect direct comparison between him on camera and off camera. Because literally during the show, ninety percent of his conversations are like, Hey, look at me. Hey. Look at me. And now she's like, hello. I'm yeah. next to you on a couch trying to figure out what happened to my life. And he he's just didn't like even want to engage with looking her at up all. in the right-hand corner. It was very strange. It was such a dismissal of her as a human being yes. sitting next to him. And that is what bothered me so much and I think really speaks to his character. Absolutely. If you do not have the respect for someone, you don't have to want to be with them. Mm-hmm. You have to respect them as a human being. Yeah. You had a relationship with this person. Look them in the eye. Have a conversation. If you hurt someone— except that you hurt someone. I have no respect for Luke. I never want to see him on my television again. I feel very passionately about this. I'm kind of thinking maybe you won't or that you'll only see him now, like, clearly positioned as a villain if they bring him back because it's kind of like rehab tour burn notice once you leave that hot mic thing. Because we haven't seen him be a heel on a show. We've only, we've heard the rumors. We've had our suspicions. Yeah. Yeah. We've, you know, we've drawn our own, but like, but yeah. But if you only paid attention to the show on, on screen, he would still seem like this, you know, stand-up veteran mm-hmm. who really like fell in love for the first time with JoJo and then was heartbroken. And then to see that must be so jarring because he really is acting like Stasi is like a, like a puppy or something. Yeah. Also guys, he, uh, has not posted anything on social media about the show, and he turned off the ability to comment on his Instagrams. Oh, Can't man. take the heat. No. I hope he's losing a ton of followers. He's not really, which is so annoying. Of course, yeah. Well, well I'm not buying Fit Tea with his code. Well, I certainly <laughs> don't sure. follow him. If I want a laxative tea, I'm going to Ashley I. And that's my final word on the matter. Um... And it's amazing, too, when they finally do, like, finish that conversation and Stasi kind of walks away. Um, you hear, I think it's Dean being like, well, that really blew up in his face. Oh, I've never seen that. someone defend yeah. himself so, so bad. Poorly. <laughs> Which is amazing coming from Dean, whose own, like, women tell all experience is on not, Paradise was a yeah, disaster. But, but Dean owned, at least Dean has owned his shit. Yeah. It wasn't a good look for him. It was was a very bad look for him. He'll engage people on it, right? And he's always sort of like coming from a place of like, yeah, I just was so like he does in his own way. And that's the thing. If Luke were like, I don't know, I came onto this thinking we would have fun on camera and like we'd see where it went, but that didn't necessarily mean that yeah we were going to be able to make it work. People, I think, would eventually forgive him. Mm -hmm. And this was just much, seems so much more like he doesn't even understand that people might have feelings. Right. Which is scary. It's terrifying. And I also really loved that Clara made an impassioned defense of Stassi Mm -hmm. before Luke even came out. That was nice to see. A little little sisterhood. Solidarity. Absolutely. And speaking of Claire, Claire gets the final hot seat. And I love it. Reveals. I just keep saying that. Guys, I'm so <laughs> giddy about this show. I don't even recognize myself. Claire, uh, it turns out, has fallen in love since the show with someone who is present. She's like, I've, I've, someone reached out to me afterward the show, and it was just a man who just cared about whether I was okay, and that was so meaningful to me. And 
Chris Harrison is like, who is it? They do a little who's going to stand up. They waited so long. Ben Higgins did a little cross of the leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's always game. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I saw Jordan do a little, like, yeah. pop up in oh, his seat. Um, it's Benoit, which, like, is the person that you would think it would be based yeah. on her description of his behavior. Um, and he comes up and is like, yeah, we've been talking, like, for hours every day. We... We've seen each other. We kept it a secret. I was reading somewhere, and now I'm terrible. I should attribute it, but I don't remember where I read this this morning, that they actually did keep it secret from almost all of the cast members. Yeah, they all looked really shocked. Yeah, Kevin knew. Yeah. Benoit had told Kevin, because uh, they were obviously on the Bachelorette Canada together, mm-hmm. um, that he had started talking to Claire again. But I think it was Jordan was quoted somewhere as saying, like, yeah, I even watched their breakup episode with the two of them. And, like, Claire walked out of the room and it seemed really awkward. He's like, yes. They were just so faking it. Really they were awkward. just faking it for all of us. Oh, my wow. gosh. I love that. I mean, it was so... <laughs> this was that. such a wonderful, genuine feeling moment like they say I love you to each other and it's not it does, it's something that they got to say to each other off camera first it feels very natural yeah. he seems so genuine to me I like know. people were tweeting at us that apparently the Canadian audience loved him on uh-huh. Bachelorette yeah I remember Rose Buddies really liked him and uh, Kevin I think too was popular so yes the two of them yeah. are very popular but then Benoit Makes Claire stand up and delivers this incredible, heartfelt proposal in two languages. Oh, I cried. That was so cute. Uh, <laughs> I was so emotional. And uh, she says yes, and they're engaged. And they're engaged. I'm happy I'm for them. It was, it was really cute. And it was adorable how, did you notice that he was like, can I speak with you in the other room? Mm-hmm. But they just went like, it was really cute. And they're I just, so he's cute. so earnest and... Just kind-seeming. I think that he is really what Claire needed. She, I think she displays some self-awareness, too, compared to when she sort of made her debut on the scene. Also, she like, has been put through the ringer on yeah. this show. Yeah. She was treated terribly by Juan Pablo. Mm-hmm. Terribly. Yeah. Um, and then they made her a gag talking to various animals on Paradise twice. Yeah. Yeah. And she seems, like, well-liked by the other contestants, which always makes me think positively. Mm -hmm. She and Leslie are very close, it seems. And it seems like the whole cast was so genuinely thrilled. All of their faces. It was such good reaction shots. And, I mean, I have to think, this is the kind of thing you don't often see on The Bachelor shows, but does often happen in real life, is you break up with someone and then you get back together. Sometimes I read, like, New York Times vows columns and, like, almost all of them have broken up at some point. But um, there's just – there's something so, like, real feeling about it. And he reached out. He had a genuine feeling of care about her. They started talking. Those feelings developed at a pace that Claire was maybe more comfortable with than when she was in that environment on camera, which is completely understandable. And it's another thing, too, of, like, even Claire had a little bit of distraction on the show because I think her initial interest was Christian. And so she was kind of focused on getting his attention. And then once that was removed and they were just dating each other, which is how you would normally date people in Mm -hmm. real life, she was able to, like, 
kind of ease into that relationship. Yeah. It's just, it's so romantic. It was very sweet. <laughs> and he had nothing to gain. Like, I feel that yeah. the ultimate chivalry in Bachelor universe is like, if you will show you care about someone when there are no cameras around, then yeah. that means a lot. Like, that right there just shows you that they're genuine. And I think she is. I mean, she's extremely beautiful. She seems like has always come off as a little crazy on the show, but I think came off really well in this season. You get to see some other qualities from her. She was really empathetic with Benoit when they broke up. Like mm-hmm. this never would have been able to happen if they didn't have such a great breakup. And like, apparently uh, she said to him on their way out, you know, I don't know if this is, I don't think this is necessarily the end of yeah, us. Like, or she thinks, the, like she thought there was more for more them. between. Yeah. More mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. I just loved it, and I'm really happy to see older women getting their due on this show. She's yes. 36. It's so refreshing, and she has such a strong sense of self. She yeah. knows what she wants from a partner, and she's able to articulate it. We always see people saying I, these really vague things, and she is able to say, these are the things I want. This is what happened that fulfilled the things that I knew I wanted, and yeah. I know there are challenges but we make it work between us. Mm-hmm. I thought, and yeah, it's not what I would want necessarily. Like whenever she talks about what she wants, I'm sort of like, eh. like she's like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, we don't I've necessarily share all the same desires. Who will prove to me that he I've loves also, me? I've also think I've, I've never spoken about people I've dated as a man. I need a man. Yeah, like, it's not you know the language I would use. It's, but. it's not a word that usually applies to the kind of guys I've dated. Like. <laughs> I would look at them and be like, "You're you're a boy," or like, "You're you're a, a guy." Like, "man" is not really the word that jumps to mind. No, I'm happy to. It's nice to see like a woman over thirty. Yeah, something and Leslie is also older. Yeah, and than... you can. F- I mean, like, not not that they're old by any means at all, but like they have some life experience. I think you can feel the difference when you stack it up against some of the conversations on Ari's season. It's exactly a really clear distinction. Yeah, look, yeah. we get to know ourselves better as we have more life experiences. That's not a condescending thing to mm-hmm. say, and it doesn't discount what you might feel or the fact that you might find a partner early in life that might fulfill those things that you want. But there is something that if you've spent significant time on your own, you've had life experiences, it makes for kind of more interesting conversations totally, often. Totally. I mean, I disagree. I was 24 when I met Greg and we had amazing conversations. <laughs> but, you know, well, I think their it's mileage too, may vary. I mean, on it, t- I mean on television. I mean, also I think that it's just nice to see a variety. Like we've right. been seeing so many like 24-year-old women yeah. falling in love with like 32-year-old men. And – that's not how every relationship is. Sometimes the woman is older. Sometimes the woman is 40. Right. Like, why can't we see more different dynamics in relationships? I think that always yeah. is going to be We had a lot of inverted on traditional gender roles in a lot of these um, relationships, which yeah. I really enjoyed. You know, we saw women initiating breakups, which we don't see often. Men asking for more right. commitment. Right. right. Men asking for commitment. Um, you know, both parties expressing equal amounts of emotion. It was... Mm-hmm. It was great. I think all of it just goes to show how invigorating it is for the franchise to have, like, a power balance in a a format. Like, it wasn't that anyone had the rose. It wasn't men competing for a woman or women competing for a man. Nobody had to pitch themselves. Like, I, I did not miss the pitching. The pitching wears on me so much in the traditional formats when 
you watch people for five minutes and they're like, they don't even take a breath. They've got to get their whole life story out and what they want and what they like. And it's like, it just gets exhausting after a while. And it must be very exhausting to be in that situation as well. So much pressure. And that's something that Sean talked about in Amy Kaufman's book also, that like then you end up with this person who has just been pitching and pitching and pitching herself to you. And you have to suddenly be like, I have to start making a huge amount more effort in this relationship if it's ever going to be equal. Um, And most couples, it seems like, do not do that successfully after Mm -hmm. the show ends. But they don't have to do that on Winter Games. I think they're all going to get married. I feel great about it. I just love all of them. We are fully bought in. And I, I will say that I was startled by my own enthusiasm because I've been feeling so exhausted watching The Bachelor. And this felt... I was having fun again watching the show. And totally. That I didn't felt feel, like, good. dirty and compromised <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. I did feel frustrated because figure skating was on, and I really wanted to watch it. But you know what? You, you made sacrifices yes. you made its decision. for the one you love. <laughs> for commitment. Commitment. <laughs> it was Journey. a lot. It was a big commitment. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do we have any final thoughts on Winter Games that we haven't already expressed? I just hope it comes back. I really liked it. I don't know what they're going to do about the competition aspect if they bring it back because the competitions were sort of unmitigated disasters. But I think that they needed them in order to add an element of structure to yeah. the show I that actually, is otherwise lacking. I enjoyed it, and I liked that they didn't lean in too hard to right. the competitiveness yeah. of it. But it I did break it up. It added an element mm-hmm. that was fun to watch and didn't feel as pressured. It's a nice contrast to, like, Paradise. The only competition is to make Love. sure that you have a yeah. date, which is partly what makes that all feel so artificial mm-hmm. and strained. And then they they just, like, separated it. And they were like, we're going to have a competition over here. And then you guys just hang out and see if you're in love. Yeah. It was nice. And I kind of enjoyed the competition. I like too. Them. I just think they need to find a way to, like, help <laughs> there be more of a variety of winners. Like, right. I don't know how they're going to do it, but... Well, I think if they don't peg it so directly to the Olympics, you could have you could different do kind of competition. They yeah. could go, like, full Are You the One. Do you guys ever watch Are You the One? Yeah, I did a little. The, yeah. the challenges they have recently. are always like, and here we have a vertical puzzle and a hot dog that you will extend between, <laughs> and you will each hold one side of the hot dog between your teeth. Working together, you will move the hot dog through the puzzle. This is a real one yeah, that I'm yeah. not making up. <laughs> These no, challenges MTV's got that are... figured out. Yeah, they bring these people from who knows where, and, like, somehow they're all, like, mega athletes by the time they go from are you the one to, like, the top of the challenge. Like, yeah. they figure it out. So I there's got to be a way. Yeah, but they should do more brain teasers. Like, you know how they make them spell and stuff on the challenge and, like, then drop them <laughs> over a waterfall? I don't watch the challenge. Oh, okay. I don't she stands alone. You guys are busy. I understand. We only watch dating shows. <laughs> and that's that's our problem. No, I mean, I think that the thing that gets me about the Are You the One challenges is that the rules are incomprehensible. And I never have any idea what's happening. And so that's like I appreciated the, one, the simplicity. The simplicity of, these of this challenges. was good. Yes, but it was Go too downhill. easy for the literal ski instructors yeah. to right. win the challenges. Yes, which I feel they so, had you know, to see coming. I have yeah. faith that they can come up with some creative solution to that. And if that's our biggest critique, then uh, the Bachelor <laughs> production did a really good job on this. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, now we just have another few episodes of RE season and then we get a a whole month break. Yeah. I do think if they do this again, 
I want them to put The Bachelor on a break. I cannot watch seven hours or at least not run it two episodes a week i mean that's way too much yeah i literally like i i couldn't bring myself to get out of bed this morning i was so (laughs) tired and i just couldn't clear the day depleted i'm depleted the amount of wine i've drunk this week like it's disgusting so please please don't do this to me again yeah yeah (laughs) and uh we're gonna be back in bachelor nation on sunday night with uh, women tell all. Oh my gosh! Stay hydrated. Oh God, I know. I'm just gonna chug water and. And eat if any of the contestants from this show would like to come on the Here to Make Friends podcast, we're here. Yeah, slide into our slide DMs. into our DMs. Probably um, not Luke. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're Luke, Luke, you're not invited. I'm not sure that I have you're this feeling. <laughs> I have this feeling Luke doesn't listen to our podcast. And if he did, I don't know that he'd <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna be seeing Luke anytime soon. Uh, on that note. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, guys. This is so fun. Come back again sometime. I would love to. Before we go, um, if you're going to be at South by Southwest and you have a badge, come hang out with us. We will be doing a live podcast panel on Saturday, March 10th um, at 5 p.m. If you can't be there, there will be a live stream on TuneIn. So you might want to join us that way. And we are looking into whether other tickets will be available for purchase. We don't have that information, but we have heard some queries and we're looking into it. So stay tuned. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Megan Angelo, and of course, our fearless producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts to subscribe and give us a rating so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. Winter games might be over, but there's still a lot of Bachelor. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so please like us there. You can also find us both individually on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at here to make friends at HuffPost.com. Also, pre-order my book. Yes. It's coming out on Tuesday, A Girl's Guide to Joining the Resistance. I swear I will stop doing this after it comes out next week, but... Sorry, got to put in that plug. Emma Gray, coming soon (laughs) to a bookshelf near you. Um, Thanks for listening. We will be back next week with uh, Women Tell All and Fantasy Sweet Dates. And also to remind you that Emma's book is coming out on Tuesday. (laughs) Um, Big day. So thanks for joining us.